I'm getting pumped up because this episode fills me with fucking hate. Welcome to the rest of the review. I am John Hastings. Ooh, no nickname. I'm Dylan. Straight Dylan. <laughs> Got. I'm straight. <laughs> John, it's high time we fucking corner the we existing we're straight. Market. Yeah, time to re. I'll tell you what group is not represented enough in the wrestling podcast oeuvre, and that's men's rights activists. Hey guys, <laughs> I know you. Yeah, I know you're out there wearing a polo shirt, thinking that that's a suit, and having a light beer and calling it girls wine. Well, this is the podcast for you. I drink straight out of the toilet. <laughs> straight. Everything I do is straight. I drink straight out of the toilet. I dr- <laughs> I eat food straight from the grocery store. I don't cook my meat. <laughs> that is a sign of needing women. Yeah, that's true. Women gussy things up like fucking not getting fucking uh, salmonella. Mm, I'm such an incel. I suck my own dick. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. My <Yeah>. only tattoos <laughs> are of Gavin McKinnis. Jordan Peterson is my god. <laughs> Mine's of Gavin Rossdale. Close. <laughs> Just a bit cooler. <laughs> um, this is not a thing to do with Stephanie McMahon. But Dylan and I are both in our middle 30s. He is a married man to a woman that uh, one day will recover from her catastrophic brain injury and dump his no-having-ass. Um, and uh, I am getting married. Being married is great. You got to say things like, Oh, what? You got guacamole for 50 extra cents? I didn't know you wanted to suck dick tonight. <laughs> What's weird is Dylan. That's a real Dylan quote. says that. Dylan <laughs> says that to himself in the mirror. <laughs> if you gets any upgrade, slight upgrade on any meal, I loudly say, "Oh shit! Guess I'm getting my dick sucked tonight because <laughs> it must be special because you're getting a dollar extra for chickpeas." What are you buying? You it seems like you have a weird diet. Just guacamole and chickpeas. Alexis is vegan. Oh, so, oh, yeah. They're like, the creepy thing, I've always wanted to do a skit about this. Maybe our listeners will find it funny. But it is creepy how, like, at Subway, you can get a veggie sandwich for the exact same price as, a, like, a cold cut combo. Which is, like, so life just costs nothing extra. Yeah. Like, it's literally cheaper to just kill pigs. Yeah. There would be a punchline in that scenario, though, if I was doing it on stage. It's an because I was a vegetarian and a vegan for on again, off again. I was a vegan like I for in my adult life. You're a vegetarian when I met you. I was a vegetarian for six years, and then I stopped for a while, and then I went back to it for about two years, and then I'm back eating meat again. Um, the thing with it is the weirdest thing is that no one tells you is that it's we depending on the country, it's either way cheaper or way more expensive. Canada, if you're a vegetarian, yeah. so much cheaper. Britain, hilariously, way more expensive. Yeah, life just doesn't cost matter as much on this Britain. island. <laughs> what? Kill it? Okay. Go, 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 go. Go, 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 go. The margarita is as much as the prime rib. Um, well, one of those is just bread and cheese. Well, of course and it the is other because, one... like. Go ahead, Dylan. Oh, I was going to say. Uh, the, of course it is because for some reason English people put corn on vegetarian pizza automatically. It's like basically like, oh, you don't like meat? Well, here's some dirt on your pizza, yeah. you fucking loser. It's l- illegal for us to keep spitting on vegetarian food, so we put this corn instead. <laughs> corn, of course, our good friend yeah. watermelon. Oh, yeah. Let me say this about watermelon. Um, I like that we've like smoothly transitioned from there being seedless and seed-filled watermelon to just seedless watermelon, and watermelon with seeds can go fuck itself. Yeah, no one wants to spit those seeds out, goddammit. Yeah, what's Jerry Seinfeld going to do for an egg? What's the deal? <laughs> um, speaking of <laughs> rich people that have too much money who live in New York, let's talk about Stephanie McMahon. It's time for The Authority, one of the most vexing fucking angles in the history of fucking wrestling that went on for three fucking years and accomplished fucking nothing but giving me a fucking ulcer. It's good. No, it's fucking annoying and stupid. I hope to God Triple H is forced out of the company because the Dave Meltzer is in an autistic level fit because um, Triple H maybe uh, is apparently not going to production meetings 
now that Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff are in control of the two shows, and he does not understand the logic of this decision, and I am in complete agreement with Dave Meltzer. Because uh, Triple H desperately tried to get NXT off the ground. NXT was starting to become a critical hit at this time. He reintroduces himself on television, all of this sort of stuff. But uh, yeah, Triple H may be gone for the company within the next two years, taking his wife with him. And part of me wants to be like, oh, that's really sad. NXT is great. And then I'm reminded of this, this getting a dick suck from a fucking trash compactor of three years of wrestling programming. And here's what I have to say to Triple H and Stephanie McMahon. Bye. I hope you go and join Impact Wrestling and are treated the way Brooke Hogan and Gail Kim were. I fucking hate you. Go ahead, Dylan. I think that the crazy thing is that, like, the part of Triple H that the fans like, that the super dork fans like, is the part that Vince apparently hates, which is... Because if you think about what he's done with NXT, I mean, this is a Stephanie McMahon podcast, not a Triple H podcast, but just... Well, we'll give this thing two minutes, uh, one little speech, which is... He took something that was literally a TV show. It was a it was a uh, it was a reality show, a fake reality show on WWE TV, and over the course of four years, has brought it. If you think about it in terms of uh, a TV show, he brought it from something that no one would watch, where the champion was Bo Dallas in 2014, and now in 2019, as of last year, even 2018, they were playing the 18,000th seat. Uh, arenas and uh, selling them out and having consistently better shows and more like everyone wants to go to NXT and if you have to you go to like SummerSlam do you know what I mean it's crazy absolutely but but it's because Vince doesn't understand like his product is Vince McMahon would probably agree more with Jim Cornette than he would with Triple H about the approach to wrestling and that is the issue now that he is having with Triple H having a problem. And the reason why I bring it up with Stephanie McMahon is Stephanie McMahon, while she becomes an on-screen character, which we're about to discuss now, this is the time frame where she is slowly t stepping back from creative and other things and going on to represent the WWE as a charitable arm. Because Vince McMahon is entering his 70s and realizes his name is associated with a lot of women barking in the ring while wearing a bra... And then a lot of dudes that look like uh, the really scary Make America Great guys drinking beer while a uh, while a half Samoan, half black man is laying in the ring wearing gold. So I'm sure at some point Vince McMahon's like, we got size of charities so that they think I'm good. And he put Stephanie in charge of that. Ooh, yeah. Well, this is the funny thing I thought about the Triple H looking back and reading all this shit is the Triple H clearly doesn't like his own character in a weird way. Oh, maybe that's giving him too much credit. But No, I don't think no, I think what it is is Triple H doesn't understand what his he's own doing character. in NXT is the complete antithesis of the entirety of this period of his career, which is here's what he does in NXT. If there's a major announcement, Triple H comes out and says, "Adam Cole, you have been using interference to fight Johnny Gargano, so your match will take place in a cage and then you won't see him for 6 months." And then if there's a new champion, all he does is he has a picture taken with that new champion like you would in a sports league where you win the where you win the championship and you get a picture taken with the commissioner with the trophy. Yeah. It makes a, that's it. That's he likes that NWA Crockett style where the only time you see the commissioner is because you're trying to get a heel over cuz they did something so dastardly that now the people on the hill have to fucking come out. Whereas Stephanie and Triple H during this time neuter everybody. Dusty Rhodes isn't allowed on TV anymore because he ad-libs and uh, he ad-libs and won't let Stephanie essentially get over on him. Like, it, it's it's insane. Because the reason, the way the authority starts is with what, John? Um, uh, Stephanie takes a shit and she shows the shit to um natty nightheart and natty nightheart's like oh i should bigger than that and uh stephanie man looks at her and goes i'm gonna have your husband crippled and she's like you don't have that authority and she's like yes i do <laughs> yeah baby we're back yeah fuck you yeah <sighs> Hey, how about this? Your dad's gonna die in four years. Gah, 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 gah. Hey, John Cena. 
John Cena, I'm going to make you get engaged to one of the fucking Bellas, and then I'm going to make a breakup with you. <laughs> so they have a bunch of shitty GMs, because at the part at the start of this, uh, the GM general manager is the Raw general manager is Brad Maddox, and SmackDown general manager is Vicky Guerrero. Yeah, months away from her job for Before life he ending. takes over. Yep, baby. And uh, Stephanie... Uh, and Triple H do the God's gift, which is halting the Daniel Bryan push. Because we're not going to get into specifics because it's it's literally three hours of TV a week for 900 years is uh, what we're looking at here. So we're going to talk in broad strokes. And the thing I was reading back on the Bra- Daniel Bryan storyline about how <laughs> they constantly, constantly Daniel Bryan would win the world title and then the, he would lose it immediately, or they would have the referee say, oh, it was a fast count. They did, like, three solid Daniel Bryan wins the title, oh, wait, no, he didn't. And also, they have the Big Show doing a storyline here, where the Big Show uh, is going to be fired if he doesn't do what the authority says. So really, the strongest person, reading back on this, Coming out of this Daniel Bryan storyline that was supposed to make him a uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin style authority, like a uh, guy you're rooting for. I shouldn't say Stone Cold style, but the the strongest person to come out of it was Big Show because Big Show, like, does these matches where he knocks out everybody. Like he'll knock out Daniel Bryan. The Big Show, like, basically, Daniel Bryan never no, has no, a match. No, no, with no, 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 no. Show I see your point, wins. but here's the the thing you're missing out of. That's the crux of the booking in a general rule. The Big Show is never in never in jeopardy. He has spent twenty years being told. We've been being told in storyline, he's seven foot four and four hundred pounds. He's a fucking monster. Nobody beats him. Even when they beat him, they don't really talk about how people have beaten him. That like, why give that to the Big Show? Give that to Daniel Bryan. No, he's too small. And Vince McMahon thinks he's a vegan. And Stephanie McMahon, according to backstage rumor, just doesn't really like him. Doesn't think he's an, a marketable person. Doesn't think yeah. he represents middle middle America. You dumb fucks. Although what he does represent is young people, and he represents wrestling fans, which in the end are their core market. Yeah. And the entire delay of his push until WrestleMania 30, they have rewritten that in that it was a giant great plan. It clearly was not. They would not have spent all that money bringing Dave Batista back in for him to be an also ran at the fucking end of that pay-per-view. This is one of the few times that the WWE was so embarrassed they had to bring someone forward and put the belt on him, or I guarantee you that would have been the that was the launch of the WWE network and it would have been more of a disaster than it was. Stephanie is also reintroduced as part of the authority, and this is in direct contra uh, going exactly what you're saying is it it totally is the opposite of how Triple H is being presented on NXT. Stephanie, by the way, is presented exactly the way the fans all assume she is which is a manipulative evil ass who doesn't really give a fuck the authority has done so slapdash and shit they shouldn't have appeared on television it should have been something that is just whispered about and you don't see them on television this is also the high dirge mark for stephanie and triple h delivering up to and including 30-minute promos in the ring that could have been summated by yeah, every goddamn It's week. my company, I do what I please. That's all I needed to fucking hear. Instead of, ah, yeah, na, 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 na. Go ahead, Stephanie. Oh, boo, boo, be, ba, 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 ba. All right, now it's me, Triple H. Ah, ba, 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 ba. That's all they fucking do, and I wish them dead. I think that the funny thing is here, it, it becomes the inverse, because it used to be Triple H is okay and Stephanie's bad, and now it's Stephanie's great and Triple H is okay. She's, as a character, evolves so much, she gets so good, she's the Mark Henry of, like, she, sorry, she and Mark Henry are the, the two people where it's like, oh, it took us 16 years, but we finally no, got it. No, it took them, ex- hang on, no, no, what it is, is it took them exactly how long it takes to be good at something like this. The only difference is, is that one of them was mm-hmm. a giant Olympian, and Vince McMahon was like, you're telling me he's got muscles and he's black and he's not Ahmed Johnson? Put him on television. And then Stephanie <laughs> uh, was his daughter, so immediately she went on television, and they had no time to learn any skills. Yeah, and Stephanie, this is uh, it's so obvious how she becomes a good character. In She takes, we were talking about, uh, the eight years off, 
does some things surrounding wrestling instead of being a scared girl who's just, <laughs> what do I do? Okay. Oh, and she becomes great because she becomes what the character she should play, which is an authoritative Yeah, woman. but here's the issue that they run into that is both a problem for Triple H and a problem for Stephanie and an issue with the WWE in general. People who represent the head office because they're a corporation should not be on television, should not be associated with storylines because the issue is... It's blurred. Those people are then appearing on TMZ and being asked equally about charities they're uh, involved in and the fact that Triple H tried to cripple someone named Daniel. (laughs) That's very true. But this is the during the this is the advent of the shield. Um, So they're pushing the shield really well, which is good. Yeah. And then and then, by the way, they and then they fuck that up. This is. They fuck up the Rhodes Brothers storyline. Oh, very, very mucho well. caliente. Very good. I didn't realize this was six years yeah. ago. that's fucking insane. Six years ago, and they're still. But um, so anyway, they have Big Show yeah, as their you be like hired off, gun. Okay? No, but hang on. If you're fucking Dusty and Cody, you've had a huge issue with your dad. Finally, at towards the end of his life, the three of you all reconciled. Particularly if you're Dustin, uh, if you're Dustin Runnels. You finally reconcile. You go to the company that, by the way, your dad has had a huge hand in shaping in the last few years. There's no fucking debate about that. Um, You have given and been a loyal fucking employee. You spent years, uh, like, you and your wife went on television. You put on a... You came up with the idea to wear a bra and panties at the end of a match so it's memorable. They let you do that. All of this sort of stuff. Like, all this amazing contributing to the company help adding wings onto the mcmahon house and all you ask is we would like to go into a program together we guarantee it will sell tickets because it definitely will have and if you don't believe me look at aew where the one match that everyone really took away from fucking double or nothing being awesome was the fucking um uh dusty cody match yeah yeah it's all but i mean this is what they do, which is they start to have a, like a basically a good storyline with the Broads brothers, and then uh, the authority puts their face in it, and like even the Rhodes brothers win the title off of um, the Shield, off of I think it's Rollins, it's Reigns and Rollins, and uh, they need the help of the Big Show, which is I mean keep the Shield strong for sure, but it's like. This is around the same time where that classic Colt Cabana CM Punk interview where CM Punk is saying, keep the shield strong. Uh, and then then CM Punk says, well, why are you having me beat them in a handicap match if you want them to be strong? Just have them beat me. He's like, no, we need you to win, but keep them strong. It's like That makes no fun. But it's also sense. the thing is, I actually don't know what... This is where it gets sketchy in that we don't know what hand Stephanie has in the creative element of all of these sort of decisions. It's well documented Triple H is schizophrenically booking NXT very well and horrifically booking the WWE. As well, they do have the issue of Daniel Bryan gets really fucking hurt after WrestleMania and can't defend. Also... So they keep Batista around, go into a program with the Shield. Here's where they fuck it up twofold. I'm just going to assume Stephanie had a hand in it, although there is no app, um, there is no actual proof of this, which is they put Daniel Bryan in a program with Kane. Stephanie is very p- much part of this because it's corporate Kane arguing back and forth about the devil's favorite demon being brought in. Here's something they never mention: Kane was his tag team partner, that they're friends. That would add a level of um, emotion to that program. They don't bring it in at all the match is not a huge success because brian is hurt and kane who get like who gives a fuck about kane at this point so they transition it to being the shield they then have rollins turn on the shield and rollins becomes the face of the authority this was the when the wwe goes bankrupt in 10 years this is the beginning of the end that was their chance to have a huge main event uh like like faction in the style of DX that just comes in and out of fashion, but you don't ever need to break up. They will just slowly fade away. Instead, they do that for no reason, and the product has suffered ever since. I think the thing that I think the real kind of overarching theme of the authority era over these three years we're going to talk about, which I mean, we should say, I should say this at the end, but we'll say it in the middle because why not? Is that 
the authorities always the be all end all and everyone is just their henchmen and it's why no one takes anyone seriously the two the two things that are working against the WWE right now as far as why ratings are kind of because three hours is too long so you've seen every match six times you've seen every conceivable match between every two superstars six fucking times and the second is during this angle it's like people forget this about Stone Cold Steve Austin but Stone Cold Steve Austin was stunning Steve Austin, then he was Steve Austin, then he was the ringmaster, then he was Stone Cold Steve Austin. There were gimmick changes throughout. So what you're doing, essentially, is you want me to accept Seth Rollins is the architect, and then Seth Rollins is the babyface, and he's the funny guy on TV with Becky Lynch. He's all three of those things with no change in gimmick or anything. Like, that's what the thing... We've said this on this program before, but... The 80s and 90s scarred these people where they're no longer okay with taking risks to change someone's character anymore because they're afraid of looking stupid. And in that, they've created this like mayonnaise malaise product where everyone's just named Rick and Steve and they're fighting and the change to their character is, oh, we're pushing him now. Like Completely. I just want to make a point about the three-hour show that always gets bandied about. They have the ability to have a deep enough roster that it isn't every conceivable match that you've ever seen. Bring the cruiserweights on and don't change the ring. Have that be an element of the fucking show and have it be distinctly different than other elements of the show. Create a tag team division that is actually a tag team division and isn't just the champion and a few other people. This is what they need to concentrate on as opposed to a variety of singles matches. Backstage vignettes are kept to, at a max, five minutes. For a year, you have no in-the-middle-of-the-ring-start-the-show promos. You reintroduce things like time limits. The reason why you introduce things like time limits is because if you wait two years and you never have a time limit stoppage, you can start having those as an ending to a match. If you get two really strong, amazing workers... You put them on for a 30-minute match and you hold commercial breaks. You then pay Twitter bots to go on Twitter and talk about how amazing the match is. And then wrestling fans (laughs) will fucking turn it on. If you don't believe me that works, look at what Howard Stern did to turn around his show and is now the celebrity interview show. Is he made all of his staff get 10 fake Twitter accounts and that's what they did. Oh, really? Yeah. Ooh. We started with Howard Stern. Closing Listen, Howard Stern, uh, in many ways, is Stephanie McMahon's Jesus. If Jesus kept asking to see your breast implants, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. so Danny Ryan is in a uh, storyline against Randy Orton. Randy Orton, of course, loses Daniel Bryan a couple times, but there's the fast three count. Uh, the Triple H strips Bryan the title with, with a three count from Scott Armstrong. You understand this is like <laughs> Stone Cold beats Shawn Michaels. And then Vince comes out and says, no, the, the count was fast. Like, all of this is just so, it's just so fucking stupid. This is, again, the WWE is in the situation that it's in because for this three-year period, every time the fans like something, they basically looked them at the face and went, no, you don't like that. And then we calmly tried to explain, actually, no, we really do. And then they accused us of being mush-mouthed morons ignored us and now it's at the point where anyone i know who's a wrestling fan has barely even dipped in for wrestlemania well that's the whole thing is just kind of thinking about this they'll always present the authority as like oh it's like the new version of vince mcmahon in the late 90s and that's not true because vince would always get the upper hand for a bit but the fun idea of the show was essentially it was an action show where you just saw this guy running rampant and what is stone cold gonna do told Vince McMahon. It was a lot it was set up a lot more like really like the Dukes of Hazard. It was like that old goddamn sheriff is trying to catch us but he goddamn can't. It's again, I don't want to sound like fucking Jim Cunt Cornette. E fucking Kent. If you've done something like that, don't do it for 40 years. You have done We all saw that movie. If you think about it, wrestling is one continuous fucking soap opera. But the thing with wrestling fans is they stick with it even if they're not watching it, they're reading about it, they're talking about it. If it is a storyline they are familiar with, they do not want to see it. The reason why Daniel Bryan captured the imagination is that was a different presentation of that type of storyline. The reason why CM Punk's fucking stupid pipe bomb, I hate that fucking name, captured the imagination is no one had seen it presented in that way. It was 
as you say, the Dukes of Hazard and um, fucking Billions are essentially the same show. Underdog versus really rich guy who runs the town. They are presented in different ways. Wrestling is essentially black hat versus white hat. Eventually, the white hat wins, and then a new black hat is reintroduced. The WWE has been essentially just every time there's a white hat, they throw mud on his hat and just go, no, you're not wearing a hat. And the fans are like, oh, no, I like that guy, actually. And they're like, you don't, though. And then the one black hat who is the McMahon family reigns supreme. Yeah, it's essentially it, it, it's the dynamic changed from Stone Cold uh, McMahon trying to win, getting glimpses of winning, and then Stone Cold prevailing in the end to the exact opposite where Babyface tries to win and in the end Triple H and... Or they do that angle where the face gets to win, but it's someone that the fan base of nerds doesn't like, i.e. John Cena, Roman Reigns, and then a guy like Daniel Bryan is pushed down. But, like, the way they, the way, it would have been so much easier, just don't, just do the thing where it's like, Daniel Bryan doesn't get a title shot. We will not let him compete for a prestigious title rather than him always competing for the title winning the title false finishes or like big show punking him off by knocking him and everyone else in a match out and you now you're just like you know throwing away your top guy just give him what oh you got one shot it's at wrestlemania against fucking triple h and then he just wins the title that's super easy that being said we'll stop we'll take a break after we talk about wrestlemania 30 the way they did wrestlemania 30 was awesome Triple H and Daniel Bryan was a great match because their booking did in this way do good, which was you genuinely believe there was a chance that Triple H might just pedigree Daniel Bryan and win at five minutes. Yeah, no, there was there was all the chance of, oh, no, they were going to still fuck this up. That was what was amazing about it. I mean, the idea of him not beating Triple H and then Triple H facing Orton and Batista in the main event of WrestleMania 30 was something that definitely could have happened. This, of course, is the fallout of, we've all know about this, but Daniel Bryan is uh, eliminated from the Royal Rumble. Everyone goes nuts. Batista wins, but the crowd goes crazy and blah, blah, blah. Batista also wanted to be, this is very important to note, Batista wanted to be a heel, but they were like, no, you're a babyface. And Batista was like, no, they'll boo the fucking shit out of me. And uh, turns out the guy who had been doing movies for a couple years knew more about wrestling than the wrestling Yeah, it turns people. out the guy... Stephanie, yeah, go ahead. You just said exactly what I was going to say. Sorry, Stephanie Stephanie does a lot of great stuff during this uh, during this time um, on screen. If you divorce the, like, how you feel about the creative from it, she <laughs> takes possession of Big Show's house after they fire Big Show. Um she does that whole promo with Dusty Rhodes, which it, it, Dusty Rhodes, Stephanie McMahon promo is incredibly important to watch because during the Dusty Memorial, Stephanie goes, oh, I wish I could have worked with Dusty Rhodes more. And the one time they worked together, as we mentioned a couple times on this, Dusty Rhodes improved, and then they never let him on television again. The best. She also is credited with the coming up with the Stardust character. Just by, they're at Gorilla, about to go to the ring, the Rhodes Brothers were, and Stephanie just wrote, why don't you paint, your, just said offhand, why don't you paint your face like your brother? And then Vince started nutting, and, uh... <laughs> yeah, ha, ha, yeah, yeah, okay, here's what we do here. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, you're, you're Goldust, and you'll be Stardust, and everyone will think you're in love. <laughs> And then Vince just like fucking gradually, because Cody at first I guess they thought, oh he'll be like a su- I'll be like a superhero. This is cool. But then Vince just gradually turned it into mini gold dust, which is super lit. No, he's he was more like zany dust. He was like, oh you know, gold dust. He's a bit kooky. Yeah, he was mini crazier gold dust. It was oh so nice. And uh, we're gonna talk more about the glut of weird shit with no real. End point that is the authority after the break. Um, also, anyone from the WWE listening, I will pay you $100 to walk into Stephanie McMahon's office and take a shit anywhere but the pa- uh, the waste paper basket. Shit anywhere but the waste paper basket. Thank you. See you after the break. Oh, hi, everyone. I think you're all wondering, does Dylan use condoms? No. And that's why you need to do- donate to Patreon because he has a lot of children his wife doesn't know about. <laughs> 
I am the king. I coined the phrase risky cream pie. <laughs> and you need to give me to Patreon to help my maybe there's a baby fund. Patreon.com backslash wrestler review. If you don't want to do that, uh, you're a fucking loser. But if you're still a fucking loser and you're okay with that, rate us on iTunes. It does help with the algorithms. For old fucking uh, Steve Slobs' goddamn Apple things. So rate us on iTunes, rate us on SoundCloud, rate us in real life, 1 to 10. Here's a hint, we're both 10s. Oh, we're back after some real exciting podcast ad- podcast admin where I suggested something and then realized it was a bad idea in the space of five minutes. Essentially, I just wasted everyone's time. YOLO. John, what happens with Stanley McMahon now? I'll answer the question. She gets in a feud with Brie Bella, and they make Brie Bella. This is good, because this is just, just, just before the start of the women's wrestling, because this is the end of Divas Wrestling. This is when they are still going basically like, men are men and women are holes for their cum. They don't get to read. They don't get health care. They should just make our babies, but only boys. Girl babies are fed to King Viscera Mabel Boy Big V. (laughs) This is good because uh, this is uh, where the women's title still. uh, Ooh, uh, what's the men's title? It's It's this big gold belt. Oh, cool. What's the women's title? You have to get a tramp stamp that says I'm a princess. It's a bunch of butterflies made out of love. Ooh, it's so nice and fun. Is this so, in the time frame? But hang on, is this in the time frame when Brad Maddox is uh, jizzing loads on the NXT belt? I don't know the exact time I think frame, it's, but I, I think it's roughly around this time, which is yeah, the weirdest thing to come out of that. Also, fun fact: when Jim Cornette was told about that, he then revealed this amazing story. I don't know which podcast it's on. But he then revealed, oh, I was once transporting the WWF belt, and there's some Polaroids of me doing some stuff with that belt in an intimate situation, which, just right there, what a great day. What a great day that we all get to live in the world where Jim Cornette was being pegged by a woman wearing the WWF championship. (laughs) That's really good stuff. Yeah. Maybe he was dressed as, like, a gimp while Shawn Michaels and Sonny had sex. I guarantee it was just him and his wife fucked, and he he made her, like, take... Because he also has the hair that Bret Hart ripped out of Shawn Michaels' head. That's so weird. I love it. Fuck me and my fucking cunt. You make me want to fucking cum. All right, go ahead. <laughs> Stephanie McMahon does a storyline against Brie Bella. There's some fun stuff they do here, such as... Uh, Stephanie goads Brie into slapping her and then has Brie fired because it's assault. And it's Brie Austin, baby, because everything has to be stone cold. But the thing is, by aligning Brie with Daniel Bryan on television, not that they're not absolutely in love in real life, but people like Daniel Bryan uh, as a character. They like him on their television. Brie Bella, they do not like that much. So by aligning them together, it's this weird thing where, yes, it is really what everyone always wants, which is take the behind the scenes and put it on TV. But also, the smart marks that like Daniel Bryan and the nerds do not like Brie Bella. So it's a weird it's a weird balance. Yeah. It's also just, it's neither one of them are that strong of workers. It doesn't lead to any interesting matches. It's also... Everyone's heartbroken because they know that this is when it's about to be revealed Daniel Bryan is too hurt to be the WWF champion and they're taking the belt away. Yeah. (laughs) 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 Ah, you little bitch snack, bro. But then Stephanie, this is how great the women's division is at this point, because Stephanie McMahon, uh, she has her hench hench women, much like Triple H has the big show and Randy Orton and Batista to be his henchmen. Well, Triple Stephanie has hench women, which are Rosa Mendez, Layla, and Alicia Fox. Yeah, she also has a match with Vicky Guerrero, because Vicky Guerrero failed to bring Stephanie a simple cup of coffee. Um, they have a match. There's something, oh yeah. Uh, where you lose if you get thrown into a paddling uh, plu- uh, pool of brown, disgusting, unidentified sub- substance that clearly was supposed to be shit, which I fucking hate. Um, I like it. I fucking hate Vince McMahon. I love it. 
Vicky uh, then throws Stephanie in the pool of shit after she wins the match against Rosa Mendez, Layla, and Alicia Fox. And uh, Stephanie got a really bad eye infection from the... <laughs> because apparently it was actually chocolate banana pudding mashed together by people's bare feet with Hershey syrup. I mean, of course it was. <laughs> of course you're going to get an eye infection. Someone has a wart. Yeah. I hate wrestling. <laughs> I hate wrestling. You don't think any of the guys who do p- production assistance on a wrestling s- <laughs> on wrestling don't have warts or A, aren't covered in warts? <laughs> you got an eye wart. I guarantee man. they have weird... Like, there's like, do you have HPV? on your feet yeah (laughs) so you'd think daniel bryan beat the authority right daniel bryan beat the authority wrestlemania so maybe the authority takes a break no at payback brie bella quits after her husband daniel bryan was given an ultimatum by the principal owner of wwe stephanie mcmahon either forfeit the wwe championship or have brie fired now many times the authority has matches that are basically like hey if we lose we'll stop and then the next week they come out and go like, we're not stopping. <laughs> that happens like four times in this run where the authority has a hand-picked team. John Cena has a hand-picked team. The authority actually wins that one because Big Show is scared he'll lose. So he turns on the whole team and then the authority punishes everybody. It's much like, you what the authority is? The authority is the NWO, but they were never cool or popular. Yeah. <laughs> They're the nerd world order. That's very funny. They're just like, like if the NWO, if NWO Hollywood, did, like if the NWO was just Hulk Hogan and Brutus Beefcake, yeah. they just kept on going. I can't believe I'm saying this. They're NWO Hollywood minus the cool, cool input of Stevie Ray. <laughs> That's right. That is exactly right. Also, if you guys haven't been watching these weird Stevie Ray podcast YouTube clips he's putting up, do yourself a favor. I don't think that, I think that man has some, he doesn't know what he's doing, who he is, where he is. It's fantastic. Stevie Ray's an odd guy. He called into like a wrestling nerd show that I listened to when I was a kid. Like at 16, he just called and he's like, this is Stevie Ray. Just want to say you guys are pretty entertaining. And they're like, oh, thanks, Stevie Ray. And then he's hung up. That's a real thing. Bizarre. He's like a, he's a weird man, but he also is like out of wrestling, really. Like he just like runs his company with his brother so he doesn't really care so he will just say shit yeah he doesn't give a fuck um what the weirdest thing is is when someone everyone just assumes they're speaking the truth because they have nothing to lose so he probably just makes things up and he's like and stephanie man didn't have sex with macho man she had sex with howard Finkel. yeah me too. My dick's named Howard Finkel. Uh, on the August 11th episode of Raw... Coming next to the ring, my penis in your mouth. Yeah. Welcome, everyone, to Madison Square Garden. I am Stevie Ray's dick. All right. <laughs> Weighing in at three pounds, my dingling. Yes, it's bigger than you'd expect, which is why I can take all that abuse from Vince McMahon. <laughs> no, please excuse me. I have to go put on my pig mask and make Linda feel like a woman. Yeah. Here's something that no one in the back knows. I'm Shane and Stephanie's actual dad. <laughs> Cream pie Finkel. Have you ever seen the nail of a thumb? That's his dick. My dick looks like if the universe was wrapped in tape. <laughs> Ooh, baby girl but you said no good matches john oh stephanie and Bree didn't lead any matches yes oh no hang on i want to talk and about the setup they do the best setup to this, this. no wait 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 are you going to talk about how they set up for this match which is stephanie brought out a woman named megan miller who was daniel bryan's physical therapist megan miller clicked, oh, and said she sucked him off said that she sucked her uh shucked him off and then uh Brie Bella storms the ring, slaps Megan, and attacks Stephanie. Brie Bella gets arrested, and uh, Megan presses charges, and they never bring that up in the storyline again. And then Brie Bella came down to the ring in a Zamboni and clotheslined Stephanie. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brie Bella. And then she actually, Brie Bella had to take some time off after this match. Do you want to know why? Uh, because she kept whispering, you're Deborah, to Megan Miller, and they were like, oh, no, we've done it again. No, he, she beat Daniel Bryan. Oh, so you did my version? Ba-ba-ba-bree, Bella, ba-a-bree. 
I would love it if people threw Brie Bella, <laughs> people threw Brie Bella, like iced frappuccinos from Starbucks, and she stone cold, <laughs> stone cold the yoga mom. If you can lick your own pussy super easy, give me a yeah. hell yeah, hell yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you're a squirter but only by yourself because your dumbest husband's tired from being a vegan, give me a hell yeah. <laughs> They're really missing out on a storyline where Daniel Bryan can't fucking part the minivan. So Brie Bella's like, how many times? And Daniel's such a funny name to say it to. How many times do I have to t- tell you, Daniel? Just let me park the fucking minivan, you fucking ignorant shit. I just don't know how I feel about this marriage, Brie. Look the fuck down, hippie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm, you see that? It's called a man in the boat. And you better fucking pat him on the head. I'm here to. I'm here to. I'm here to piss pleasure out of my pussy, Daniel. Enough of this fucking weak will. <laughs> now put on the goat mask, and I'm going to bang you. I know your neck is uh, sore, but your dick better fucking not be. Uh, or I'm going to fucking Howard Finkel's house, and we're gonna play hide the eggplant in my asshole. <laughs> <laughs> so, um. Fun. <laughs> John, please. My own joke. Howard Finkel having a giant dick is just, it's absolutely the new gift that keeps on giving. He would be around. Like, Vince, I feel like, would be like, keep Howard Finkel around because he's like, why is Finkel still work here? If he, like, well, he came up with the name WrestleMania. And then, of course, <laughs> look at his hug. Yeah, I pay him, so we'll show you at any time. Ah, let me tell you, it's two reasons. One, he named it WrestleMania. Two, he has an 11-inch penis around. <laughs> I used to make him fuck Andre the Giant. <laughs> After he couldn't walk. Ha, ha, ha. He couldn't move. He, ha, 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 ha. Andre didn't have a back brace. We just hid Howard in his trunks and his erect penis was the back brace. <laughs> I once kept some of his load in a bucket and showed it to Gerald. And he wouldn't stop vomiting. <laughs> you know how some people shoot loads and it fills their belly button? Howard did that with the jacuzzi. <laughs> 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 he pays Howard Finkel retainer to just try all those spam emails that you get where it says it'll increase your load size. Just take all these at once, Howard. See what happens to your kidneys. Ha ha. Hopefully they shut down and you die. Ha ha. Yeah, if you shut down, then I get your dick. <laughs> Although I did hear a charming Vince McMahon story where him and Jim Ross were driving together. And then he said, do you hear that? <laughs> something wrong with the car. Jim Ross was like, no, I don't. I don't hear it. And he's no, there's something wrong with a car, man. It's like rub that little thing. Little like click, click, click. And he's like, I'm sorry, sir, I do not hear it. And then he just went. <laughs> <laughs> and he went, ha, ha, ha. See, I only eat protein. That's why it's so loud. <laughs> <laughs> he just talked about how he eats a lot of protein. So it's really loud. The, the step you missed is you knew he was going to fart because he would just play ACDC really loud with all the windows down. No matter the weather, and if he was gonna fart, he'd turn the music off and turn and roll up all the windows. <laughs> See that part of Vince McMahon, I really like. Oh no, yeah, <laughs> like that specific driving very fast, listening to ACDC with the windows down. It's like I that literally makes me feel more at home than anything. I don't know. I assume there's certain meals that make some people feel that way. That makes me feel at home. Of course. Like, driving very fast, trying to die to an Australian man yelling. Yes, that's, But that's the definition of any type of, like, any type of Canadian activity in the early 2000s was essentially like, oh, yeah, what we're going to do is drive around for three hours first, and then we'll show up. <laughs> All right. Check this out, though, John. The match with Brie Bella that Stephanie McMahon has is actually pretty good. And the funny thing is, Stephanie, much like Mark Henry, also just somehow gets better in the ring all of a sudden. Stephanie, by her own words, does really like wrestling. It's just the problem is she's only passable at it. <laughs> it's like it's just like how I feel about baseball. It's like, I like playing baseball. No one should ever pay me to play oh, baseball. Oh, yeah. It's how I feel about wrestling. I have dyspraxia and I'm an uncoordinated goon. I would have loved to have been a pro wrestler, but I know better. <laughs> yeah. 
So, Survivor Series, November 23. I understand we're skipping around here if you guys have your... I don't know if this is all on Wikipedia or something, um, but... If How about this? How about this? Along, if you want fucking every fucking detail, go listen to the fucking Laps fan and not enjoy the show because those two... Oh, yeah, we make riffs with fun characters. What they, they would have done this is Brie Bella's nose would have been a character named Bose Bella, and they would have done an hour and a half on that and then been like, okay, WrestleMania 30, the attendance, um, this was somewhat inaccurate. Let's have Dave Meltzer on for 45 minutes to discuss the inaccuracy of the WWE's attendance. That makes me hard, though. That makes me fine. I like that. I like very, <laughs> I like podcasts like that. I like podcasts like this, but I like podcasts like that too. Um, so Survivor Series, this is the other problem is Mr. McMahon comes out. Like Mr. McMahon as a character is used as much as a authority figure should be, which is once every six to eight months he comes out, says some weird shit, and then he's gone for a long time. Should be used at all. He, di- he died in that limo fire, which they never resolved. He shouldn't be used at all. That's true. They should have. They should have done a memorial for Mr. McMahon and Chris Benoit's family and taken them both just as seriously. <laughs> I mean, I guarantee they had to talk Vince McMahon out of going. Tell people I did it. <laughs> he should have come out with dirt on. <laughs> did you ever see that match where uh, it was like one of the coolest things? I have. I. I mean, for sure in wrestling, I think it was. It sounds weird, but it's one of the coolest things where in Japan. Some Japanese organization, I forget which one it was, maybe All Japan, maybe New Japan, paid to have The Undertaker come in, and they ha- so they brought back Hakushi, but the Japanese wrestling, because Japanese wrestling sometimes is amazing, um, had Hakushi come out just covered in dirt. It was like he was reborn, like he, he just crawled out of it. Like, uh, The Undertaker still wins, but it's like just the idea of a guy... Every match he wrestles, he's covered in dirt because he just climbed out of his own grave. Is so fucking cool and such a good idea of what like wrestling should be. Is just like, yeah, we're play fighting, but this guy's covered in dirt. Like that's so fun. It's the interesting thing of Japanese wrestling does the ludicrous gimmicks just slightly better because I think it's because the in ring content is essentially like, oh, they actually hit each other and then one of them lays down. Um, so it's also like it's like, oh yeah, sure that. By the way, that guy is actually a dragon, but when he gets in the ring, he'll turn into a man and then do a drop kick that's real. It just means they can take <laughs> it from, It's why yeah. everyone is kind of starting to rumble about Kenny Omega not being as good as he used to be. First of all, it's because he's three years removed from those amazing matches, but it's also that character works way better in Japan than he does in North America because North American people are like, why is he talking slow and not blinking? This is uncomfortable. Yeah, and he also acts like a character in Dragon Ball Z, and he's also like a fucking, like, Kenny Omega's like a, he's a really good wrestler, but then also everyone in Japan's also really good wrestlers, and they can't afford to, like, Okada and all those dudes aren't going to work with AEW, because AEW formed with three of their most popular wrestlers, or four of the most popular wrestlers, what am I saying? So, um, we should talk about more fucking bullshit. One thing I liked during this period was uh, st- was J&J Security. I agree. I thought that was good. I thought they were like the new Stooges and that they didn't really use them as well as they did the Stooges. Um, because they just made them kind of look the same. Like, the Stooges worked because they didn't look like everyone else on the program. They were just way older and it was like... Way more, way more silly to just have like. Of course, these guys aren't gonna win. Look how fucking old they are. Like, why is Vince McMahon? Also, the thing with the Stooges was Gerald Briscoe quietly is very comedically talented. When he was explaining to Vince McMahon how to reverse the stunner, is fucking great. Well, he's just so understated. It's it's really good to have two guys like like Pat Patterson just looks like a bumbling fool and. Gerald Briscoe is also very quiet and reassured, and when you put that next to, like, Vince McMahon's cartoon character... Well, it's also the thing is, Gerald Briscoe... Gerald Briscoe could make an ass of himself, because I don't know if he still could, but Gerald Briscoe, I guarantee, believes that he'd be like, yeah, of course I'll wear a dress, but if someone says a crossword to me about uh, the way I parallel park my car, I'll hand them their fucking heart. (laughs) So, John, it's, it's 2015... The authority is dead. Also, the year we launched this podcast, if you can believe it, Dylan. Oh, that's insane. 
I'm editing that out too. <laughs> so the authority's dead, right? No. <laughs> no, they're stronger than ever, baby, because they just beat John Cena's hand-picked team in a five-on-five match at Survivor Series. And guess who comes out? Starting writing the first chapter of what would have been an exciting part of the WWE moving forward. Who was it, Dylan? Mr. McMahon. No. At Survivor Series. Brock Lesnar. No. Uh, your dad? Is not my dad. Just answer. Sting, you fuck. Oh, yeah, he does. That was that. Sorry, I messed up. Yeah, Sting comes out and uh, beats up Triple H. And it's one of those things where that's all I remember about that pay-per-view. I don't remember that Triple H was standing tall at the end of a conflict with a bunch of full-time wrestlers. Oh, yeah, it was awful. This is where they introduced the Nick Patrick weird referee thing. This is, by the way, where they really stress the fact that Sting is the vigilante and not the icon. Here's what I think of that. It's the stupidest fucking thing in the world because they don't want to take away from Hulk Hogan. They change his theme song for some reason. What? They change Sting's theme song. As in they don't bring him in using Seek and Destroy or The Man Called Sting? No, they, you've never heard Sting's WWE theme song? It's like just a crow. Yeah, it's awful. It's a crow going, <laughs> It's very funny. They just, yeah, they change his theme song. He comes in, and uh, what does Sting do at WrestleMania 31? He beats Triple H because that's what would make sense in the storyline while wearing a marching jacket for no reason. Oh, no, that's right. No, here's the for best some part. reason, Vincent Wynn uses that as the opportunity for Triple H to beat Sting in what I truly believe is the stupidest fucking move ever. If I ever meet Triple H in a place where I have a gun, I'm going to shoot him in the foot and go, that's for Sting, <laughs> fuckface. Do you, do you think Triple H worries about that, about being killed by a wrestling nerd, being like, you should have never beaten Test in 1999. <laughs> Test had potential. <laughs> If WWE ever went bankrupt, he needs to move to an island because I know at least eight guys that I saw at StarCast would murder him. And I don't mean like, oh, I'm joking. I mean, there's like three guys I'm thinking of that I saw the looks in their eyes and I'm like, oh, this is real to them. Yeah, this is the fun part about that, though. If I literally, if I was in Triple H's uh, situation and I thought maybe a crazed wrestling fan was uh, about to kill me, here's what I would do. I would go, uh, you've never had sex. And then they would start weeping. And then I would take the gun and shoot them. <laughs> <laughs> and then I would and then I would, si- and then I would uh, send a you're welcome card to their mom. <laughs> I think a lot of them have had sex. I think they fuck each other. Time to clean Time to clean out the basement, Mom. That's what I'd do. I'd do a heel promo at the guy I killed. No, you wouldn't. I call bullshit on you. I would. We're here to lay to rest the biggest piece of trash I've ever seen. Stone Cold Brie Bella. Throw me a yoga mat. Yoga, slowly. <laughs> oh, I would like if Nikki Bella was yoga fully. The cleanest joke we've ever done on the show. Yoga fully? So, she- no, I said slowly, but... I mean, oh, yoga Foley would be a fun chainsaw Charlie. <laughs> yoga Foley. Well, it's just it's just just Mick Foley quietly sitting somewhere where, and just wondering how much this cost. Uh, <laughs> how much was this? Forty dollars for stretching. I don't think so. Pardon me. I'm off to listen to a Christmas carol in my car by myself because it's July. Do you have an egg sandwich? <laughs> I'm the most normal one of these people, and I'm weird as fuck. (laughs) You want to know how fucking odd fucking Stone Cold is? I wear a lot of shirts you'd only expect to see from a guy who's both a LARPer and a cokehead. Now, (laughs) pay me in small denominations so I can tell my wife I didn't get paid because she keeps spending my money on things like a mortgage. (laughs) <laughs> I keep telling her we can just live outside. <laughs> Han, why don't we just... Han, it was good enough for me when I was a little boy. Oh, I didn't tell you that my dad Jack was a prepper? He was. <laughs> dude, dude, love was our... G- so it's WrestleMania 31. Enough fun. Enough fun, John. Yeah, let's talk about... Uh, it's WrestleMania thir- Sting, 31. Sting loses to Triple H. And to make a make good, Ronda Rousey and The Rock jump the barricade 
and have a confrontation with Stephanie McMahon. Now, I don't know if you guys remember this, but this was in the time where Ronda Rousey was essentially mugging any woman who had the temerity to get into the octagon. And because MMA fans are like wrestling fans, when she was finally beaten, because of course she would be because she went on a streak of almost three years beating everyone, so eventually you just identify her weakness and train around it, which is exactly what Holly Holm did. And now every MMA fan is just basically like, Ronda was a flash in the pan, not important to the history of combat sports, which she absolutely was. Absolutely. She brought it into the mainstream more than Connor. Don't take no for an answer. That would imply that you even asked McGregor. <laughs> I'm going to go to the bar tonight, and I'm going to get a woman's, and she's not going to want to, but I'm going to take it anyway. I predict these things. <laughs> I treat women like I treat buses. I just throw things at them until they do what I please. <laughs> Mystic Mac foretells I'm gonna put something in your drink. Oi toy toy. It's racist. No, it's for sure it is, yeah. Anyway, uh me pot of gold is a bunch of rohypnol. Oi toy toy. Take that. Take that, Connor McGregor. Uh also uh, my friend works at uh, a big concert venue in Toronto, and they hosted one of the Floyd Mayweather, Conor McGregor press conferences where they just both strut around and said they were going to fight. That they had that tour before they did the boxing of course. match. And uh, some one of the concession stand dudes who just sold hot dogs, uh, he was like a 16-year-old kid uh, as Conor was walking out to the stage, yelled, Hey, Conor, go Floyd! That's what he yelled, and he had a and he had a smile on his face, you know. And Conor McGregor uh, ran at him and had to be restrained by his security guards. Yeah, that makes sense. He's uh, <laughs> that man. I love how everyone's like, "Oh, Conor will come back and win." It's like, no, that you know how much cocaine that man's done. Um, no, Conor won't be back because the reason why he retired is that there were real life, there are actual charges yeah, yeah, of yeah. rape coming, and the UFC is like. Okay, you're going to go away now. And he was like, I don't think so. I'm going to win. And they're like, no, 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 no. There was a bunch of Irish comedians, and they were literally having, and they're all female comedians, so I feel better saying this, <laughs> but they were having the discussion, would you, what would you, t what would you rather have happen? Someone raped you and you get $4 million or no one rape you because that's what happened. They just bought, they just paid the person uh, $4 million of don't mention your sexual assault money. So yeah, that's a dark, that's a darker uh, way to close out the podcast than I wanted. But anyway, here's what happens: they're touting they have a new Triple H and Stephanie McMahon are uh, they have a new figure, seventy six thousand people in Levi Stadium. The Rock comes out and says, "The Rama Bull says I want to kiss now, Tripsy." Triple H does not want to kiss <laughs> yes, the Rock, really and then kiss. Stephanie McMahon I goes, actually... "That's my husband. Don't kiss my husband." Ronda Rousey throws Stephanie McMahon really good judo throw. Throws Triple H and The Rock fucking lays one on Triple H. Triple H is weeping and the rest of Raw for the next rest of the year is them going to therapy and talking about how uh, Triple H is still whole. That's what happened. Yeah, I'm not disagreeing with you. Vince McMahon disowns his daughter and uh, Hunter because he doesn't want anyone who's associated with that type of stuff. So that's 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 how Raw ends. Paul, what you have to understand, it's nothing to do with the fact that he's a boy. It's everything to do with the fact that he's Samoan. I can smell pineapple. <laughs> um, okay. I say mahalo, and, uh, Paul. I say mahalo. We're gonna talk about because we're gonna be uh, we're gonna be stretching next week because we're gonna have to talk about basically the overall themes, not only the Ronda Rousey match, but the overall uh, overarching career arc of Stephanie McMahon. Overarching career arc, baby, I talk for a living. Yes. Of Stephanie McMahon. Say overarching what career arc again, the you industry. fucking idiot. Because it's Stephanie McMahon part seven next week, baby. John, what's the best part about Stephanie McMahon during the authority era? Her promos. <laughs> what did you say? Her bras? Her promos. <laughs> <laughs> you said her bras. <laughs> her bras. <laughs> <laughs> That's so much creepier than saying her tits. <laughs> I liked her bras. I own several. <laughs> okay, so John's saying her bras. I'm going to have to agree. It's her bras. Promos, you fuck. No. No, two votes for bras. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah. Just a nice bra. Ooh. I'll tell you what I like to do on a Monday night, and that's just why. Triton can't catch a glass, glance of cashmere underneath a nice pashmina. <laughs> I'll tell you something I still do is if I know I can hear my wife coming in from work, I'll always open up her underwear <laughs> drawer and just start, like, huffing it so hard. <laughs> like, oh, sorry, honey. <laughs> <laughs> it's always good if you can hear your wife coming home because then you can get full naked and sniff her underwear <laughs> and then she's just like what the fuck she gets so mad every single time I'd get mad too <laughs> I'm just full nude oh 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 that's Still nice it. um it's been so long this is if you tell someone this they'll think oh at least he's still interested <laughs> and that's hell on earth um what was I gonna say uh about I forgot my point. Here's what we're going to say. The worst thing about Stephanie McMahon, I'm going to say it right that now. That she's a woman. Yes, Dylan, we know of your Proud Boy-esque views. No, man. The fact that she was wearing bras. <laughs> Let them dance, Stephanie. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> I want to see it. No, JK, Avi, me and John, we're going to say the same thing, which is her promos got really great. She no, I'm sticking really with bras. as a person. <laughs> okay, bras and promos. The worst thing about Stephanie McMahon is that she had to be the alpha in every single segment that she ever was in to the point where people, when the Vic- Vicky Guerrero thing happened, they thought people, I remember the feedback on the internet being genuine surprise that Vicky was allowed to, this widow was allowed to get one over on Stephanie McMahon. I genuinely remember people like, oh, I thought they would just throw her in the pool. Then Stephanie would be like, okay, cool. Now there's a gun in your mouth. Pull the trigger. This is real. She doesn't know if there's a bullet in it or not. So we're going to get to watch a real reaction of someone thinking they're going to die. Well, what's interesting, actually, I I guess you didn't read the research very closely about that match because Vicky was allowed to win. But afterwards, she was sat down with Stephanie and Stephanie just went, oh, I killed Eddie. I just did it for fun. <laughs> I'm the one that got him back on the pills. Anyway, enjoy your vacation. I, yeah, I like my I like my employees weak and controllable. And may I say, he was weak. Get out of my office. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ! <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ! Anyway, do you know what, John? What's the worst thing about Stephanie for you? The fact that she was on television at all during this period—totally unnecessary. That's true. Not help like. This entire angle was a rehash of the NWO, and every cre- everything she did on television as a character did nothing but uh, create detriment to the business. She did it very well, yeah. but was bad. So um, yeah, that's that's the summation of it, though. She's very good at it, but she's bad, and she could have been just as good as like a manager. She could have been like, okay. We're no longer allowed to like it's just a very simple storyline that would really fix the WWE forever. Legit would be you're no longer allowed to be on television if you have a conflict of interest within the company. That's the new storyline. Okay. So Steph Stephanie has to quit and then she becomes a manager. I mean, if you want to have a McMahon on TV, which they do, clearly, because they have they literally went from Stephanie every week to now Shane every week, then well, there's a reason why he's always on. He's the best Stephanie in the world, Dylan. But that's the thing. Like, they're always... I don't know if I said this already because my, my life is all big blur, but there's always henchmen. Like, they're always the alphas. It's always them. It's always the authorities' henchmen, and th- that's why no one ever gets over because, like, Seth... The pedigree is still the only move that if you hit it once, the match is over. No one ever kicks out of a pedigree. Except the ultimate Let alone warrior. two. Except the Ultimate Warrior. But, like, that's... Do you understand, like, how fucked up that is? Where it's, like, we assume it's going to take six curb stomps to end a match. We assume even, like, three F5s to end a match. One pedigree, that's it. Walk off. You're done. That's how over that move is, even when it's old man Triple H. Yeah. And, nah, it's... But it's not, though. It's not over in the same way that the stunner is over. You still see Stone Cold give the stunner to someone. Everyone's like, that was fun. Triple H gives the pedigree, and we're like... Remember when he did that to Booker T and then took two minutes to cover him? Yeah, fuck this guy. Yeah. No, yeah, I mean, Triple H is he's a healy, healy, heel, baby. Anyway, that's the end of this one. And then the next one is Stephanie Part 7 because she is in rarefied air because she is as exactly important as I Billy mean, Gunn. I don't know Thanks how very much happened. Guys. We planned this on being a three-parter, but hey, 
We'll see you next week when we speak for one hour about a match that some people liked and I thought was really bad at WrestleMania 30, whatever the fuck it was. Other things to look forward to next week is the weird thing that they develop where Stephanie is turned on when Triple H is violent. See you next week. Oh, yeah. Please join us on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, that's at Wrestler Review. Sorry, Twitter and Instagram, at Wrestler Review. Facebook, The Wrestler Review Podcast is our Facebook fan page. And uh, please donate to us on Patreon if you want to get extra shit. Patreon.com backslash Wrestler Review. Patreon.com backslash Wrestler Review. And uh, there's another thing. Oh, yeah, go to any of our shows. Just go to DylanGott.net. DylanGott.net for my shows. Or add us on Twitter. That's at DylanGott. And at the John Hastings. That's at the John Hastings. John with an H. Baby, lay down. Because it's time to yoga in my pussy.